I want you to either do two things. Is If you have a Bible and, and you would just hold the Bible open in your hands or your laps, and if not, there's a, there's a red Bible in the, in the pews before you, and if not, just open your hands up. I want you to receive this important message today. Amen? So take a Bible out if you have one. If you don't have a Bible, if you have a palm device, however, if you have it, uh, just open your hands up. I want you to pray with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I receive you because you are the Word of Life. And Father God, I receive divine revelation in my mind, in my spirit, in my body. Holy Spirit, fill me with wisdom, with knowledge, with faith, and with your presence that I may live a distinguished life for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, now you know this. I'm finally finishing up. We've been doing the Abiding in Christ. I know it's been a long, long series. It's been a good series. Amen. We are to abide in Christ. So I want to finish up with the last one. I have been sitting on this message for three weeks trying to, trying to give it out. And every time I try to do it, it just doesn't work out, whether it's for whatever reason. I said, today is the day. All right? I have a lot of information. I'm going to zip through the, the beginning parts. I know I speak very fast. If I go too fast, just say, Pastor, slow down. And if I don't, just catch on. Okay? So, uh, you know, más despacio, por favor. And I'll say, lo siento, and I'll just I'll continue to speak very fast. And, and even faster. Now, I'll try not to do that. But I, I want to bring your attention to... Um, I already talked about last week's message. If, if you weren't here last Sunday, you need to download or get a copy of the CD and give it out and listen to it about how the world's thinking is destroying the world. Come on, amen? I mean, again, we had another example, sadly, of this lady who heard voices and she tried to crash her car in the White House. Again, a lady that's her... Con- Confused thinking because the enemy is trying to destroy people's lives through worldly thinking. Another man I just read in the paper, he tried to catch himself on fire and he just died yesterday because again, wrong thinking. And the church, we have right thinking through Jesus Christ. Amen? The Bible says in John uh, chapter 15, it says that we're to abide in Christ and He will abide in us. God does not destroy, He gives life. Amen? And then it says, of course, then in Romans that the, the mind of sinful man is death. So we, are, we, we act surprised that these people are destroying their lives, but this is the way the world is. That's why you and I must abide in Christ. Amen? So I want to talk about, uh, the, the title of the sermon is, Who in Heaven's Name Do You Think You Are? Hopefully today, God will speak to you. He's already spoken to you about this. The Bible says not to conform to the world any longer, but let me read this to you. Daniel chapter 6, verses 3 through 4. Daniel 6, verses 3 through 4. Listen to this today. This speaks of Daniel. Now, Daniel, listen to this. So distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find ground for charges against Daniel in his conduct of the government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. You see, Daniel ex- distinguished himself above all because he was a worshiper of God. He abided in God. And so I want to challenge you in your life that you will abide in God and be distinguished in your life, in your career, in your faith. The church, I've mentioned this many times, the church used to be the epicenter of culture. Did you know that? Did you know the church is the one that founded most of the hospitals and universities in most countries? Now they are so godless. Most of them. Not all of them. 
The church was the one that did the worship, the songs. We, we, we used to excel in that. Now Hollywood puts out a bunch of garbage. Weekly. They put out songs, and some of the songs are cool and all that, but man, the church should be the epicenter of culture again. We have not become distinguished. We are allowing the world to be distinguished. The church in America has lost its prominence in American culture. Come on, amen? We have the answers to every solution, every solution the world needs, and His name is Jesus, but the church is hiding. The church is to lead the way, but yet we're, we're being led by a corrupted culture. You've heard me say this before. This is Pastor Erwin McMahon has said this at a conference. I'm going to say it slowly. You are a material, materializer of the invisible. You, I'm talking about you. I'm pointing at you, and I'm not supposed to point. It's rude. Okay, so let me do it like this. Every one of you and me are a materializer of the invisible. In other words, you and I have a connection with Almighty God that God should give and work through you ideas, plans, strategies, the miraculous to do great things in this world. Amen? I mean, we sang about Him. We sang about His presence. And you and I have His presence, but yet we hide it. Our society needs the church to rise up because believers have the answers. Check this out, okay? Beavers create what? Dance, right? Bees create hives. Right? Okay? Humans, besides humans, create futures. Your dog cannot create his future. Beavers cannot create the future. Humans are the only creature, the only sentient being on this planet that can create a future. We dream about something. We have plans for it. I mean, all of you are the recipient. If you rode in a vehicle or drove a vehicle, that was a dream made Real. Only humans can do that. Why? Because God gives every one of you a divine spark. He's given every one of us the ability to change society. Only humans can imagine a future that does not exist and then make it happen. The problem in the church, the problem in America, the problem in in the world is that there's a deficit of imagination among the people of faith. I mean, some of you should have created the iPhone. One of you should come up with a new cure for polio. Well, I'm busy. I, I don't know. Why not? You have connection with God Almighty. He's the one that brings these ideas. And He sits on the throne of heaven pushing out these ideas. And you and I are like, well, I'm busy. i got a job. i got this. The economy, you know, the, the, the shutdown. God says, none of that matters. I want to give you fresh new ideas to change the world. And when the church doesn't do it, He passes the ideas on to other people outside of the church. And you and I are missing out because we don't believe that God has the answer. For not just us, but for the world. And so, we have the answer. His name is Jesus. Amen? The answer to to the White House and to the Congress and to the judicial branch, His name is Jesus. The, The answer to the shutdown, His name is Jesus. The answer to the violence, His name is Jesus. The answer to all the sick people, mentally, physically, emotionally, His name is Jesus. We don't need to have the economy. We have Jesus. I'm preaching before. Here we go. Let me go through this real fast. So who is this? Who in the world do you think you are? Well, hopefully you're in Jesus. Number one, who is Jesus? He said, I am. Jesus is, I am. Mark 14, 62, I am, said Jesus. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One coming on the clouds of heaven. When Jesus made this statement in the Bible, He said, I am God. 
The religious people were offended by that. He was stating not only to the religious people, but to the spiritual realm and to you and I, I am God. Okay? So then he says, I am the way, the truth, and light. No man comes to the Father except through Jesus. No man can come to Jesus except through Jesus. No one can come to God except through Jesus. Amen? He is not the founder of a mere religion. He is the way to heaven. Do you understand that? Religions kill. Faith in God brings life. Amen? So there's other scriptures there. The second thing is, He is the Lord. Letter B, He is the Lord. Romans 14, 9-12. It says this, for, every re- for this very reason Christ died and returned to life so that He might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. Then in verse 11 it says, It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will confess to God, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. So God, Jesus Christ is the Lord. He's not another religious figure. He is the Lord of everything. Amen? Do you understand that? Jesus is not equal with Buddha. He's not equal with Joseph Smith. He's not equal with anyone else. He is above them. He is God. Do you understand this? Okay, I need to move on. There's notes there. Write them down. Number two. So here it is. Who is Jesus? Well, He's God. He's the Lord. He is I Am. Letter number two. Our identity in Jesus. If you believe in God and you believe in Jesus, then you have an identity in Christ. Colossians 1.13 For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Isn't that awesome? You should be shouting. We've been brought back from sin and death and hell and the control of Satan, and now we have life. We've been redeemed. And what redeemed means, it means we've been purchased from death and we're being restored to its original purpose. Isn't it cool today in this day and age? People are like buying things in the original stat. You know, if you hold on to things and sell them 20 years later, people want the original. And see, God says, I don't care what happened, I don't care what you did, I can return you to your original purpose. To your original making. Isn't that awesome? 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you would not receive mercy, but now you have received mercy. Isn't that awesome? Say, I am a child of God. Amen. There you go. Let it be then. You're no longer servants. I've already talked about this, but you're friends. Okay? John 15, 14, he says, I no longer call you friends, but now I call you, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends, okay? We are not only servants of God, but now we're friends of Jesus. We're a friend, listen, a, a, a servant has a different relationship with, with the boss, doesn't he? Then versus a friend. Okay, and so you're not just a servant anymore. Yes, we all serve God, but we are now friends. So now our relationship is not just, I don't just work for God, I am a friend with God. And because of I have a different relationship, my mindset is different. I have a whole purpose difference. Do okay. you understand this? A friend has a vested interest in fulfilling a common purpose. A servant just works for, the, for the, the boss. You don't just work for the boss. You have a vested interest. understand that? Let me move on then. This will bring it deeper. Let us see. We are God's heirs. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. It says, For in Christ... All the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. In other words, God is, is Christ. They're the same. And you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. We are now not just friends, but we are partners with Jesus. Okay? Listen to this. An employee, he works for a paycheck. That's all he or she does. He goes to work, puts in the hours, they get a paycheck. 
An heir, a partner, doesn't work for a paycheck. A partner works for the success of the business. You and I are not employees of heaven. We are partners with heaven. Do you understand the difference? Many of you still think you receive a paycheck from heaven by coming to church. Wrong answer. You are not a paycheck receiver. You are a producer. You are a partner with God. And you need to start living your life like that. Not living off hand-me-downs. Not living off, oh, just oh, just the bread of heaven. God wants to pour out not just the bread of heaven, but He wants to give you the meat of heaven. He wants to give you the resources of heaven. But you and I are stuck. I'm just an employee in heaven. No, I'm just, I'm just a nobody. That's a lie from the devil. You're a co-heir. You're a partner with Jesus. Your mentality should be different. Amen? So let's move on. Alright, this is good preaching. You're getting it? Alright, so I'm going to move on. Alright, it says in Romans 8, 16, 17, that's what the scripture says it requires. Now, number three, let me move on to this. Number three, purpose brings identity. Purpose brings identity. I'm going to read this into you three different versions. Proverbs 29, 18. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. Think about our society. Our society is not, is will not, and has have a struggle receiving divine guidance. But whoever obeys the law of God is joyful. Isn't that awesome? Proverbs 29, 18, out of the message, I love this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what He reveals, they are more blessed. They're most blessed. Isn't that awesome? The, the problem with our culture is, is we don't have vision from God anymore. The church has lost vision with God. And of course, you've read this in the King James, Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So letter A, Without purpose, your identity is lost. Without purpose, your identity is lost. Let me read this to you. 2 Timothy 2. And I'm zipping through this because I have some more I want to really spend some time on. And the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Those who accept, oppose him, he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. Here's why. And that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil... Listen to this, who is taken captive to do his will. Society has been taken captive through wrong thinking to do the will of Satan. Come on, really, do I need to go and talk about that anymore, right? Look at the news, look at the government shutdown. Our society is in bondage to satanic thinking. It's pure and simple. Well, are you talking about the Democrats? I'm talking about all of them. All of them have, have faulty thinking, okay? But you and I, listen... We have purpose. God has a great purpose and plan for every person on this earth. And those who are redeemed should know that purpose. Amen? Unfortunately, the unbeliever has been taken captive to do the will of Satan. And we have redeemed minds. And they don't understand purpose. They, don't, they think, well, my purpose is to make money. My purpose is to do this. And that's, that's nice and all that. But the divine purpose is for the greater good of all people. Amen? And so without divine purpose, you and I will just live our lives just doing whatever. Our purpose is very clear in Scriptures. Here's what Jesus did, Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how He went around doing good and healing all those under the power of the devil because God was with Him. Our purpose is to heal those who are under control of the devil by bringing salvation, by binding the work of the devil, by binding faulty... Let me tell you this, friends. I sent an email out. Some of you did not get it. I was angry... On Monday, when I heard the news that the government was going to shut, I was, I was angry. God told me, don't be angry at people. Rem- just bind the work of the enemy. And I was like, yes, Lord, that's right. I need, I, I need to stop being angry at politicians. I need to be angry at the devil. 
This is the work of the devil to stop God from working in this nation and other nations of the world. Amen? You and I have to take authority. Our identity is in Christ. So let it be. Your purpose gives you passion. Now, listen to me and don't get upset or don't misunderstand what I'm saying. If you're a vegan or vegetarian, God bless you. I'll eat your portion of meat. Just give it to me. And I eat vegetables too. I'm a, I'm a vegetarian except when I eat meat. I love it all, man. I'm an equal opportunity eater, okay? And so listeners, okay, please, please. Now, many of you have seen cars. They've got, they got a multitude of bumper stickers on here. I hate this. I love this. You're crazy. I mean, and typically, those people that have a multitude of bumper stickers, they've got some problems. And so we were driving home from church last Sunday, and this lady had a multitude of bumper stickers. And I'm not even going to tell you what kind of car, because then it just gives you, like, oh, I know that person. I know that kind of... And so on the bumper stickers were all these, you know, I blah, blah, you know, I'm for this and I'm against that and you have no right and blah, blah, and all this stuff. And on the side, on both sides of her car, she had these magnets put on the back doors and it said, killing pork stops a beating heart. Let me repeat to you. Killing pork, you know, a pig, stops a beating heart. And my first, my wife and I are like, what? We started laughing. Then we're like, oh, Jesus, help that lady. And you see, but then I started getting angry at the devil because I said, this lady's passion is in the wrong place. You see, this, this bumper, this magnet on her doors was an antithesis to the, the little bumper sticker that says, abortion stops a beating heart. There was that little heartbeat thing, and I'm thinking, how sad that this lady, and maybe, maybe, maybe she's against abortion, but I'm kind of doubting it, that she was okay with killing babies, but it was not okay to kill pork. Her passions are misdirected. She's been deceived. Do you understand what I'm saying? And if you're a vegan or vegetarian, God bless you. Like I said, give me your meat portion. I will take care of it, okay? Thank the Lord for meat and vegetables and bread. Mm, okay, anyway. You see, our world has confused purposes that drive them into confused passions. People are passionate about the wrong things, and God puts passion in every one of us. Did you know that? And everyone has a desire to do something bigger and helpful. So my question is, are your passions God's passions? Are you living God's purpose? Is your purpose helping others or is it just helping yourself? What is passion? I have some notes. Do I have it? Passion is a deep desire. It's a craving. It's an obligation. It's a deep commitment. It's a deep resolution. It's a deep motivation. So every one of you should have passion about something. Every one of you are passionate. If I sit and talk to you for a few minutes, I start asking you questions, I can find out what you're passionate about. Okay? And that's good and bad. And hopefully it's a passion for a good thing. Amen? Okay, so then what is the source of passion? Well, we get our passion from purpose. Passion comes from a sense of purpose. Okay, this lady's miss, her misdirected passion was to save pigs and not people. God bless pigs. They make good pork chops. They make good bacon. That's about all they're good for. And I don't eat a lot of pork <laughs> and other stuff. All right. But, but you see, with a source of passion become, becomes purpose. I have a destiny. Hit it. A purpose, a sense of destiny, a deep conviction, a revelation of the future, an understanding of providence, and a deep resolution. You see, every one of you should have a purpose from God. And Daniel, Daniel 1.8 said, But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. He asked the chief official permission not to defile himself this way. If you read Daniel, Daniel, a few days later, him and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, they had a different purpose in passing. They were not going to be defiled by the world's ways. You and I have to have a different set of passions. 
we should say, God, I am not going to be defiled by the ways of the world. Amen? Because I have a divine purpose. Daniel and his three friends had divine purpose, and that was to save the people of Israel. Your divine purpose is to save people through the gospel of Jesus Christ. By living it out, by acting out, by being godly. Amen? Number four, I'm moving along. Identity theft and confusion. Identity theft and confusion. Humans possess the capacity to lead, but have lost the will to lead. Humans possess the capacity to lead, but have lost the will to lead. Every one of you have great gifts from God. Every one of you. And sometimes people use those gifts for the good of all, but sometimes we get them misdirected or we don't use them. And oftentimes we fall into, I want to take the path of least resistance. I don't want to be the boss. I don't want to be the manager. I don't want to be the leader. I don't want to be the lead contractor. I don't want to be the lead researcher. I don't want to, I don't want, I just want to follow. And that's okay sometimes. But the problem is we're following everything but God's plans. You see, now we're slaves to the ways of the world. We're slaves. And again, some of you could have made the iPad. Some of you could have made the iPhone. Some of you could have made the droid phone. Or you could have come up, but instead we become slaves to these things because we want the path of least resistance. Leaders have to make tough choices sometimes. To lead means to sacrifice. To lead means to have the divine mind of God. Amen? And you see, we have this identity confusion and theft, and we've allowed the world to take it. John Maxwell says we cannot choose how many years we live, but we can choose how much life those years will have. Will we let the world continue to dictate to us how we're to live our lives? Or will we begin to lead in being godly? Amen? Letter B. God gives us true identity. And I've got a lot of scriptures. I know I, I want you to write this one down. Colossians 3, 1-4. It says, Since you have been raised to a new life with Christ, listen to this, Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about things of heaven. Listen, not the things of earth. That's hard, isn't it? We think about retirement. We think about our job. We think about our kids. And you should think about those things, but you should have an eternal view. This world is temporary. Heaven is forever. So this is a stepping stone. This is the preparation for eternity. Amen? It says for... Let me, let me go. It says, think about things of heaven, not the earth... Verse 3, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all His glory. You have a heavenly call that is higher than any call in this world. Your purpose in life is higher than your career. Your career is not your purpose. It's part of your purpose. Your company you own, the place that you manage, the place that you work, that, that's all fine, but that's not your purpose on earth alone. That's part of your purpose. Amen? I've talked about this a lot. I don't want to dwell there too much. You have a heavenly identity and a heavenly purpose. Daniel and his three friends understood their heavenly purpose and their heavenly identity. They were not part of the earth's kingdom. They were part of the heaven kingdom. They turned around this kingdom they were in by living godly, by not standing in immoral lifestyles, by being what God wanted. They lived out their identity through God. They were not confused. Letter C, spiritual identity theft. Spiritual identity theft. I, I, I want to read this to you. Colossians 2, 8 through, 9, uh, 8 through 10. See to it, listen. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. Knowledge is great, but God is a provider of knowledge. Human logic can be good, but sometimes human logic is wrong. Right? Like saving pigs and killing babies. That's wrong logic, right? 
Come on, follow me, right? So it says this, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. In other words, God and Jesus are the same. And listen, you, say me, have been given fullness in Christ who is the head over every power and authority. In other words, you can, over, you can go past the White House. You can go past your boss. You can go past people that hold you back. But you can go to God because you have fullness in Christ. Amen? You have fullness and we have lost our identity. We have allowed the devil to steal our identity. We are the spiritual powerhouse. The church. The believers. Amen? Through Jesus. Listen. Through Jesus, we can solve most of the world's problems. But we're letting a messed up government keep messing up. We're letting messed up business people keep messing up. Do you see what I'm saying? We have allowed the corrupted world to do our thinking instead of us bringing back the answers, being the epicenter of culture again. We think, too many people in the church think the devil has more power than themselves. Wrong. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Who's in the world? Satan. Greater is God who is in you than who is in the world. Amen? Some people lament, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Pray. Bind the work of the enemy. Bring answers through Christ Jesus. Amen? Letter D, identity confusion. Remember in Genesis. Remember in Genesis, God gave dominion to mankind. Then Adam and Eve messed up. When Adam and Eve sinned, they gave dominion to the devil. However, when Jesus was, was buried and was resurrected, he gave dominion back to the church. I've got to read the scripture so I can place it. Ephesians 1, 18-23, I pray also, listen, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which you are called, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints. And His incomparably great power for us who believe, this power is like the working of His mighty strength, which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him on the right hand in the heavenly realms. This is very important. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but the one to come, Listen to this. Here's the very important part. And God placed all things under His feet and appointed Him to, to be head of, over everything for the church, which is in His body, is His body, the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. In other words, He has given dominion back to the church. You have authority over creation. You have authority over governments. You have authority over bad people. You do. Because Christ gives it. So, you and I don't need to be confused about it. We are here not just to live a good life. We're not here just to have a good job and retire. We're not just here just to eat, sleep, and be merry. Those are all things that are part of life, but that's not life. How sad that we would have lived all our lives just living for a paycheck just to get by and die at the end of our lives. How sad. That's not what purpose is about. Those are part of life, but that's not the purpose. This world is a mess today because the church has identity confusion. Come on, I'm being, I'm being just honest with you. Look at the recent troubles. Again, a shutdown government. Uh, constant acts of violence. The Navy Yard shooting. Uh, the, this lady that, that crashed her car. This guy that catched himself on fire. Why is that? Because the world doesn't have the answers. And they feel the only answer is to destroy somebody or something. We have the answer. His name's Jesus. Come on, we have the identity. So let me talk about this. So I want to talk about this for a few more minutes. Ruling in life. If you've not read or heard the John Bevere's book, Relentless, I'm getting the last two parts of this message out of this book, Relentless. If you've not read this book, you need to read this book. You need to, you need to get the DVD and watch the DVD series, Relentless by John Bevere. 
It's powerful. It reminds you and I that we have divine purpose through God. Amen? Daniel, I need to read this to you again. Daniel 1, 17-20. You doing good? I'm going to take a breath. I know this has been like a... I had my foot on the accelerator. You're like, Pastor, slow down. I, uh, uh, okay, I'm slowing down. Okay, now turn off your cell phone. Turn off your alarm. Turn off your stomach. Open up your heart. Open up your spirit. Because what I want to talk about is the culmination of everything that's been said over the previous weeks and what's being said. And it's very important that you hear what God wants to say right now. Okay? Daniel 1, 17-20. For these four men... Listen... God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them in, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them and found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That was their Hebrew names. So they entered the king's service. Listen to this. In every matter of wisdom and understanding, about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the, mag- the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. You see, God gave Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and or Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, wisdom and knowledge above all other people. Do you know God can do that for you? But you have to desire it. You've got to say, God, I want it, but I want to use it for your glory. He doesn't want you to become the next Bill Gates to hog it for yourself. Now, Bill Gates is good stuff. So if you become a Bill Gates and you're trying to do what Bill Gates does, maybe God will give you ten times more knowledge and wisdom and insight. Amen? It's possible. You see, we are to rule in life. Write that down. We are, another A, we are to rule in life. Romans 5.17 out of the Good News Version says, All who receive God's abundant grace are freely put right with Him will rule in life through Christ. All believers are to rule over and against all opposition to life and to godliness. You're to pray in the Spirit. You're to bind the work of the enemy when you see the enemy destroying people's lives. When you hear about a lady trying to crash her car into the, into the White House, you need to pray against that. Come on, amen? When the government shuts down, you need to pray against that and pray for wisdom and knowledge in the minds of, of these politicians. And maybe some of you need to give the wisdom to those people around you. Amen? John Bevere says this, since we are to govern on earth when things go wrong and stays wrong, is it because we are relinquishing or not executing our authority? It's a question mark. Since we are to govern on earth when things go wrong and stay wrong, is it because the church, we are relinquishing or not executing our authority? I would say yes. Jesus said, the Father sent me, I send you. Did you know some of you may have the answer for the shutdown? Oh, not me, Pastor. Seriously, you might. You might have the answer to cause a cure for AIDS or, or, or polio or, or cancer or some other thing. You might have some other different thing, but you've got to believe that God can give it to you. Come on, amen? You see, God gave these four men supreme knowledge and wisdom. And God gives you His authority. He gives you knowledge. He gives you the baptism of the Holy Spirit to make a difference. So let's talk about this. Let it be the take-back plan. Colossians 2, write this down. I'm not going to read it, but it basically says God, through Jesus, disarmed principalities and powers that control. Because you're now in Christ, you have authority to break down strongholds. Jesus disarmed spiritual opposition. You can do the same thing through Christ Jesus. That's the take-back plan. When you see the enemy destroying your society, you take it back. You say, I bind that according to authority because he's given me authority. In Jesus' name. Do you understand this? Letter C, rule in life. 
The question for you then is who controls your life? Is it your family? Is it your career? Is it politics? Is it fear of the economy? Is it the nation? Is it the world? Or is it God? Are you walking in God's authority or are you walking according to the world's authority? Are you neglecting your call to be royal priesthood? God is waiting on you. He's waiting on you and I to begin to live this distinguished life because He wants to work through the church. Amen? You are the materializer of the invisible. Let me talk about this and we'll end on this is a distinguished life. A distinguished life. You need to break out of the status quo. The status quo is killing the church in America. Amen? We're trying to be like the world. We're trying to be cool like them. Hey, it's cool, man. We want to be cool. No, we want to be godly. We want to be spirit-filled, spirit-led, spirit-working. Because we, we don't want to be cool. We have the answers. Come on, amen? Deuteronomy 28.13, listen to this. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord, your God, that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. I know a group of Charismatics and Pentecostals have taken this scripture and ruined it. The blab it and grab it group. The, the, the prosperity group. But we are to live in this. God wants to prosper your mind, your soul, your relationships, possibly your finances. But you're to be living like the head and not the tail. You see, the church is allowing the world to wag us. Tell us what to do. You can't believe that. You can't talk about that. You're a bunch of haters. No. We are the church. You have no right defining who we are because God defines who we are. Amen? We have the answers. They don't have the answers. If they had the answers, then this world would be a perfect place. Amen? Start believing you're the head and not the tail. And that doesn't mean you walk around to your boss, hey, I'm the head and you're the tail. Shine my shoes. That's not what that means. That means like Daniel and his three friends that God gave them supreme wisdom, supreme knowledge, that all of a sudden your boss, your company, your business begins to excel because you begin to believe you're the head and not the tail. You excel at everything because God can give you divine wisdom. You should pray. When there's a problem at work, God, give me wisdom how to deal with this. When your sales at your company are crashing, say, God, give me the answer. When there's a, 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 a just a bunch of people crashing heads at work, say, God, give me a solution to bring peace. When the government stops and they point fingers, say, God, give me the answer that brings help for everyone. Amen? Why not? God wants to answer that kind of prayer. You see, you and I need to go beyond the normal outlook of life. You no longer are to view your life as an 8 to 5 job, which you collect a paycheck every, every other week, and then retire, and then die, and finally end up in heaven. What a waste of a life that we fall into the American dream, which is killing people. We were created for so much more. Look at Daniel. Look at his three friends. They, re- they resolved not to be like the world, and God blessed them. Do you see that? You want to do better in school than say, God, I resolve to be like Daniel. God, let me be a distinguished student. Let me be a, a distinguished professor, a, a distinguished truck driver, a distinguished cook, a distinguished IT person, a distinguished whatever you do. Say, God, I want to do it for your glory. Come on, Amen. We are to be leaders in the midst of an unenlightened, confused world. Listen to this. If you're a school teacher or a professor, I'm I'm going to read this so I get it right. Through God, you can come up with fresh, creative, and innovative ways to communicate knowledge. Why shouldn't that be you? Come on, amen. You should be getting Teacher of the Year awards. 
They should be coming to you and say, How do you, what do you think about this? How can we solve that? Well, here's what God gave me the answer. Here's what we do. And they apply it and it changes the world. That's how this world is a better place. Amen? Maybe you're in the medical field. And then through God, you can come up with new and more effective ways to treat sicknesses and bring cures to diseases. Why not? Come on, why not? Right? If you're in the political arena, yes, please help, please help. <laughs> then God maybe can give you a display of wisdom for solving issues when there seems to be impossibility to resolve. Come on, amen, right? Maybe you have a business, you're, you have, you're, you're a salesperson. Through God, you can develop innovative, inventive products and sales techniques as well as marketing strategies that are way ahead of the curve. Why not? Why not? Well, I don't want to be greedy. It's nothing about being greedy. It's about distinguishing yourself so God will be glorified. That's how Christians should live. Amen? Letter B, distinguishing ourselves. Distinguishing, not extinguishing, distinguishing ourselves. Daniel 6.3, Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. You see this? Daniel, a follower of God, was put in charge of a pagan society, except he was not in charge of the king, but he did influence the king's life. You can influence kings, princes, presidents, dictators, bosses, teachers, professors, owners. You can, you can influence people's lives. Stop believing you can't, because you can. Amen? We are empowered through God, through His grace, to stand out and be distinguished in all areas of life. How did Daniel become distinguished? He had a relationship with God. He prayed daily. He spent time. He abode in God. He, you should abide in Christ. Christ is the head. Abide in the head. God will give you answers through Christ. Amen? He abided daily. He did not compromise his faith for morals or his morals for success. Your company constantly tells you, if you just, if you just cook the books a little bit, if you just look the other way, if you just, you know, kind of just look the other way, don't. Do the right thing every time and God will put you above. Come on, amen. Well, the, you don't get it, Pastor. They're, I'm getting overlooked for promotion. They're getting better. They're going to get it in the end. Or now. Don't get caught up into that. Daniel and his three friends, they, they stood above. They said, we don't have to compromise. We're not going to eat like you. We're not going to be like you. We're going to be what God wants us to be. And look where God put them. Put Daniel second in charge over a huge pagan nation. Daniel, listen to this. Well, pastor, that was easy for them. Did you know Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not live in a Christian nation? And I'm tired of the church. We're lamenting. Oh, this is not the leave at the beaver days anymore. Oh, we're not a Christian nation. Then wake up. Let's be the change now. We can never go back to the 50s. Amen. There were some good things about the 50s. We can't go back to the 60s or the 70s or the 80s or the 90s or 2000 or 2011. 2012. This is 2013. What are you doing to make a difference? Oh, well, it was different then. There were more Christians. And, and, and Did you know that there are more Christians now than there were back then? In other countries. <laughs> and in America, we're like, well, we... Uh, no, it's because we don't believe in the power of God like we should. Yes, there's new believers coming to Christ every day in America, but in other countries it's exploding. But in the church, we're so stuck in the 50s and the 40s and the 60s and the 80s. And we're stuck in the past. Well, oh, it's the president. It was the past. Oh, this country's evil. Then change it through being distinguished. 
good preaching, amen? You can't live in the past anymore. This is 2013 going to be 2014. Can you believe it? Are you going to lament about being in the 50s and 60s and 80s and 90s or are you going to do something for tomorrow? Come on, this is good preaching, right? Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were captives in a pagan land. They didn't make excuses. They were falsely accused. They were thrown into the fire furnace. But they made changes by being godly. They distinguished themselves above it all. Are you ready to stop making excuses and beginning to walk in God's grace and distinguish yourself above all? Letter C and, and D. Letter C. His power is at work within us. I've got to read this. I'm going to take a breath. Ephesians 3.20. Check this out. Now to Him, God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us. Who? Come on, us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. God's power is at work within you. You are the container of God's power. You decide how much power comes out of your life by being the container. I'm reminded of a story of this, this guy was fishing. And he was out fishing for trout. And trout, trout fishing is awesome. And he kept, he kept catching these little, these little trout about eight, less than six inches. And he'd catch 10 inch, 12 inch, 20 inch trout. He kept throwing them back. And this guy said, What's, what are you doing? He says, my skill can only hold an 8-inch trout. The church is like that now. I've got an 8-inch faith when you can have a 2-mile-wide container. We have little containers. With, oh, well, oh God can do all things, but only within this little 8-inch container. And God is saying, I can do more if you begin to open up and you begin to believe more. You expand that container. I can do more through you, but instead you've got this little container. You've got me in this little container. I can only do that much. Church, it's time for us to wake up and say, see, according to His power that has worked within us. It's not your power. It's His power. Let it out. Let it go. Get a bigger container. This week, say, God, I'm getting rid of my little tiny mini container because mini containers are, are, are cool and something, but they're not helping. Give me a dump truck container. Give me a Grand Canyon size container. Come on, church, amen? God may be asking you, why are you only thinking about just getting by in life? Why? Why are you merely thinking of just you and your family? You should, but that's beyond that. Why are you not tapping into the full potential that I have placed in you? Why do you think that Rockville Assembly God is just a small church and that's all we can ever be? Amen! Come on! I don't know, Pastor. I don't know. Yes! We need to be planning churches. We need to be giving a million dollars away to missions. We need to be sending people out. We need to... Really, this church needs to grow. Well, it's all your fault, Pastor. No, i got a big dream. i got a big vision. It's us together believing in this. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably, what are you thinking? Well, He can just do 110, 20 people, 150 people. God wants to double it. Imagine, think about the 10, the 10, the 10 times greater. Not 10%. 10 times. Last year we saw about 14 people get saved. If you, do, if you times that by 10, what is that? So imagine if we said, God, 140 people getting saved next year. Oh, three. Oh, that's great, Pastor. No, God, God's excited. The angels shout and have a party when one person comes to know the Lord. Why not see 140 new people come to know Jesus and we have to start another church? 
Well, we can't do it. That's right. We can't do it. But God can do all things. You've got to get rid of that little eight-inch skillet and get a mile-wide skillet. Come on, amen? Come on, church, amen? Do you want to excel in your business? Do you want to excel in your faith? Do you want to excel in your relationships? Then you need to begin to say, I am distinguished through God. And Lord, I want to do ten times greater. I don't want to just settle for meager table scraps from the world. I have a feast of heaven available to me. So the access is this. God didn't save you just so you'll go to heaven. If that was the case, when you accepted Jesus, you'd, you'd, go, you'd die right away. God never intended for you just to make it to heaven. He intends you to bring others to heaven. He intends you to change the world. You've been saved by grace to bring His kingdom. Christianity is not about you, it's about Him. And we have been given access through Jesus to do great things. Let me read it to you again. I'm going to take a drink. You are the materializer of the invisible. Now say it, let's make it personal. I am the materializer of the invisible. Only this half said it. Three of you said it over there. Let's say it again. I am the materializer of the invisible. And you stubborn people, get it. Seriously, some of you didn't say it because you're stubborn. I don't want to say that. No, you need to be the materializer of God's grace and power to your family, your friends, your co-worker, to our government. God, help our government. God, help our world. God, don't let people crash their cars and be shot or burn themselves or, or go, get on a shooting spree. Please, church, wake up. What must more must I say? Well, i got a job. I've been furloughed. I don't have time. Go back to the Scripture. Go back to the Ephesians. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us, to Him be glory in the church. You're the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You see, beavers create dams. Bees create hives. Humans create futures. And God uses humans when He intends to do something great. And God has been waiting for you and I to begin to believe for great things. Would you stand with me this morning? I want an altar time this morning. I want you to come to the front and say, God, I'm sick and tired of the status quo. I'm tired of boring Christianity. I'm tired of the church waiting around. I want to do ten times greater. Come on. Come to the front. Say, I want to, be, I want to do ten times greater in my businesses, in my relationships, in my schooling, in my faith. Come on. Come on out to the front. Don't, don't sit back. Don't wait. Oh, that's not for me. That, this is for you. God wants you to be distinguished. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. Come on, I want you to come down because the Lord's telling you, not just because of me. I want to to excel in everything. The medical field, the science field, research, in computers, food, whatever you do, healthcare, whatever you do, whatever teaching. Come on, just crowd to the front. Move to the sides. If you want to do ten times greater, you want to live a distinguished life, you're tired of waiting for people, you want to do what God wants you to father, fill us up with boldness. Fill us up with resolve, holy resolve, like Daniel had. When he resolved in his heart, I am not going to be like the world. The world's ways are death, God. We see it every day. I don't know what I need more to say to this church or the church in America that we have the answer. His name is Jesus. And we need to get a bigger container, God. Because greater is He that is in the world. And we can do more, immeasurable more than all we can ask or imagine according to the power that is within every one of us. That power is the resurrection power of Jesus. Let this church awaken. Let every church awaken in this country, in every world, country world, in this world, that we are the change that this world needs. 
Let the culture stop changing the church and let us bring a new culture, God. We can't go back to the 50s. We can't go back to the 40s or the 60s, 80s, 90s. This is a new day, God. And you want to do new things. You want new wine and new wineskins. Thank God for the past. Thank God for the, the, the things that are built. But now it's a new time. Raise up Lord Joshua's. Raise up Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in this room, God. Raise up Moses's. Raise up David's, God. Raise up people like Paul, Lord God, in this congregation, all ages, God, all, all backgrounds that we are going to be distinguished, God. We're no longer going to settle for status quo. We have the answers. There could be someone in this room that has an answer to the shutdown. There could be someone in this room that has the answer to AIDS and can get cure. There could be someone in this room that has an answer for what's going on in their workplace. Father, help us to stop thinking like the world and start have heavenly thinking, God. Help us to have a big view, a long view, God. Wake up the church in America. Wake this church up, God. Get us out of our small-minded mentality. Thank God for those who built this church. But what, God, we need to be starting new churches. We need to send missionaries out. We need to build a new building. We need to be about your business, God. Wake us up. And now I'm asking in the name of Jesus, Father, that for everyone here, that you would allow us to be distinguished. That we would do ten times greater in our businesses, in, in our dealings, in our workplaces, our businesses, our careers, in our schooling. Those that are in school, they would be ten times brighter. They would understand ten things ten times. That maybe someone here, they're, they're innovators, they're entrepreneurs. Give them ten times wisdom. There are some that are teachers and lawyers. Give them ten times more wisdom and, he, and dealing. Maybe there's some that are sales and have a business that, that it's a sales-driven business. Give them innovative ideas, marketing and sales techniques that, are, that will prosper them so they can prosper the world, God. And Father, get our minds off of just saying we're only a small church. Or we're, I'm just one person. With you, God, we can do all things. And Father, help us to realize that we have the answer. His name is Jesus. So Lord, let us be like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were placed in high positions to change the government. Because later on, Nebuchadnezzar bowed to God. Later on, as, 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 the, um, as the Babylonian Empire became the Persian Empire, you kept, kept leaving prophets in there that changed the hearts and minds of these men and women. And so Lord, put every one of us in a place that we are distinguished in our businesses, in our sports uh, things, all that we do, Father, that we are distinguished, God. Church, I'm going to stop praying and ask you now to pray and start crying out. Either put some music on or something. Church, you cry out and say, God, I want to be distinguished for you. I want to live a, ten, a life ten times greater. I don't want to settle for status quo. Come on, church, cry out to God. Cry out to God right now. You cry out to Him. Let it be you, not Pastor Stan that wants this. Let it be your desire. Cry out to Him. Say, I want, to, I want better relationships. I want to be better at everything I do for the glory of God. Come on, cry out to Him.
God has an answer to your situation. Cry out to Him. Cry out to Him. He will give you wisdom. He will give you knowledge. Fill us up, God, with a new faith, a new wine, for new wineskins that's going to bring a different change to society, Lord. Let this church rise up. Let every church in every country, every nation rise up, every continent rise up and let us do things that are greater for you, God. Greater things. We believe for greater things. Greater things in our individual lives, in our families, in our friends, our co-workers, our neighborhoods. Lord, this country, again, every country of the world, greater things, God. Because you're God. And you can do it, God. Speak to us now, God. Fill people up. Come on, Father, do your work. Do your work right now, God. Do your work, Lord Jesus. We are co-heirs with Jesus. We're no longer servants. We're friends. We don't receive a paycheck from heaven. We help establish the kingdom of heaven on this earth. We want to be distinguished for your glory, God. Not for us, but for you. Lord, there might be someone here that has a new computer program, a new computer tool that can help, a a new medical process, a new law process, a new teaching process, a new business process, a new political process that can bring peace and answers in this room, God. Why not? There could be some new musicians here writing better plays and songs and music that's uplifting and not perverted, God. Father, fill this, this awesome congregation with your power, with your presence, God. Get rid of this word that we can't. We can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. And greater is he that is in us than he that is world. And now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to the power that is within, working within us, God. Let us memorize the scripture. Let us quote the scripture. Let us believe the scripture. Let us practice the scripture to bring a change to our world, God. In Jesus' name, would you do it, Father God? God's not done. We might be done at the altar here for a few minutes, but He's not done with your life. He's not done with what God... Some of you have retired physically. Maybe God has something new for you to do for the kingdom of God. Some of you mentally, you've fallen into the American trap. Just get a good job, save for retirement, and then retire and go to the beach. That's nice. But at least when you're at the beach, start winning people to the Lord. When you have that golden